0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. All right, Acts chapter 5. We're in Acts chapter 5. Acts 5. Last week we were uh, finishing Acts chapter 4, and we were talking about Peter and John uh, preaching to the, the religious leaders on why they healed the cripple. There was a crippled beggar that you guys remember two weeks ago we talked about, and, and he was healed. He was uh, crippled from birth. Peter and John, miraculously by the Holy Spirit, raise him, and uh, he walks. He's, ple- he's, he's praising God, and Peter and John go to the religious leaders. They tell him, hey, this wasn't an act of us. This is of God, and if you don't like it, tough. We're just going pre- to preach the gospel regardless. And uh, we talked about last week in f- chapter 4. Look again in verse 13. Because we talked about courage, and we talked about how, uh, how courageous Peter and John were. And in verse 13, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, and in the Greek, it meant idiot, basically, they were idiots, Jesus freaks, of course, and uh, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So we're at that point now where people are kind of recognizing, all right, Jesus has been gone now, and yet... He's still working through the, through the hearts and lives of people. And people are getting saved. The church is, is growing. There's, uh, the 5,000 numbered now is growing high. Peter and John preach the gospel. 3,000 get saved. Another 2,000 get saved. And thousands are getting to know Jesus. So Jesus is being presented throughout. But now we come to a moment in chapter 5. You guys have probably read this story before. But it's a not so good story. It's not. And it happened to... Uh, the church, it's believers in the church. It happens within the church. And if you guys would follow along in chapter 5 with me, in verse 1, you, get, you might have a subtitle above verse 1. It says, Ananias and Sapphira. And uh, a very unique story in the book of Acts. A, be- a very, uh, you know, intense scene where God is going to shake the church up, but for a good reason. So we need to take caution of this. We're going to talk about, at the end of our teaching how this still applies to us and what God wants and what he wants is honesty. That's kind of our theme today. Honesty. So, look at verse 1 of chapter 5. Let's read. It says this. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. And just a bit of context here. The the church is now kind of, they're gathering gathering money. They're kind of selling possessions or whatnot. It's... uh, it's sort of like just they're just being generous. They're trading within the church. God, God is working in their hearts, so they just want to give. It, they're, they're just wanting to give. And so they're, they're buying properties, and they're giving the money to the church. They want the church to grow. And so this is what Ananias and Sapphira are doing. It's a good thing. It was fine. It, well, it wasn't anything wrong. They were just wanting to give. They were a giving church. And look what it says. Verse 1, it said, Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. It says, with his wife's full knowledge, he, being Ananias... He kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. All right? Verse 3, Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. Verse 5, when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. It says, and great fear seized all who heard what happened. Verse 6, this gets even better. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him and buried him. Carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came. This is Sapphira. His wife came not knowing what had happened. She has no idea her husband's dead. Not knowing what happened. Verse 8, Peter asked her, tell me. Is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said. This is the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. And at that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. It's pretty bad. Um, Look again. Then the young men came in, finding her dead. I feel bad for these young men. They're just like, What is going on? finding her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church. You can underline that word church. This is the first time church is mentioned in the book of Acts. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Yeah, I think so. Let's pray. We're going to dive in and study what we have in Acts 5. Father, we thank you for this morning. We, we love you, and we thank you for the worship, that we can just come meet you freely, because when we meet you, you are you promise us that you will meet us, that your presence is here today. We pray that you go before us now as we study your word. It's a pretty intense chapter in the book of Acts, and maybe a lot of questions are, are being asked. And, and Father, you did this for a reason, and we're going to study why you did this. And, and Lord, help us to learn something new about why honesty before you is, is really the best policy. And Lord, we love you. We want to go and um, spread your word when we leave this place. And We pray that your Holy Spirit would be here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, honesty is the best policy. Ananias and Sapphira, two ordinary people, married couple, don't know much about them, don't know if they have kids, a family, it's just the two of them. They're not completely honest before Jesus. They are not completely honest for what had happened. You guys have heard the terms, um, honesty is the best policy, or to be completely honest with you. You guys ever said that? You guys are, you just really want to know that you are not lying. This is scouts honor. Is this scouts honor or is this scouts honor? Hunger games, scouts honor, hunger games? Yeah, whatever. You want to know people are going to believe you. So you say, look, to be completely honest, blah, blah, blah. Or, hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. You do not look good in those clothes or whatever. You just, you just want to be truthful. We use the word honest a lot, but do we really have meaning behind it? Let me quote you to you two people that you guys should know. And uh, one, one is a pretty good quote. One is just, just odd. Um, here's a quote by Taylor Lautner. You guys know Taylor Lautner, right? That hunky werewolf from Twilight. Or Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Um, whichever you would like. You can choose. Taylor Lautner says, quote, Honesty and loyalty are key. If two people can be honest with each other about everything, that's probably the biggest key to success. (laughs) Thanks, Taylor. Okay, he's got a point there, but I'm just not going to take anything from a werewolf or a shark boy. Um, Another quote. You guys know this person. Uh, Louis Tomlinson, one of the five of One Direction. Louis, the one that's not really loved. He isn't. He's just. It's really about Harry and Zane. Louis is just... Louis's just there. He had to be a part of it, or it wouldn't be one direction, I guess. But Louis Tomlinson says this. No wonder he's not loved. He says, To be honest, I don't think I'm the best role model in the world. I know my accent's pretty bad. I don't think I'm the best role model in the world. I'm pretty immature sometimes. End quote. Thanks, Louis. Uh, that's really good insight. To be honest, I'm not the best role model. I'm pretty immature. I guess he's being honest. Uh, We will take your advice, Louie. We we never want to be like you, except you got some cool hairdo, but that's about it. Um, Look, there's tons of quotes. You can go Google honesty quotes, and you can see different quotes that people have said over the years, over the decades. And what people use is they use this word honesty. They use this word to be honest with you, honesty. But what meaning do we honestly have, honestly, you like that pun? What meaning do we honestly have behind the word honest? Because God is painting a picture right here. He is trying to set the tone in the church right now on honesty. And on how we are to approach God with honest, with honesty. And, be, and, and being honest towards him. Because God is a God that hates lies. It's one of the Ten Commandments. He hates it. He also says in Proverbs, I hate a lying tongue. And there's two questions that came to my mind as I'm reading chapter 5 and maybe questions that are popped in your head if you've read this for the first time. This seems a little harsh, God. Ananias and Sapphira, too, godly people are coming in. They sold a piece of property. They're bringing some money, but they hold some back. No one's going to know except God. But two questions I want to go over for today's study is, number one, why did Ananias and Sapphira think they could get away with lying? That's a question for you and me, too. Why do we ever think that we can get away with lying? Maybe in the long run, maybe five, ten years down the road, nothing happens. But sure enough, our sin is going to find us back. There's going to be consequences. Maybe you go through your whole life that you, you told a, a huge lie. No one's ever going to know. But you reach that point where account, judgment day, and you're going to be held accountable for what you said here on earth. God's going to know what happened. You can't hold anything against God. So why did Ananias and Sapphira think they could get away with lying? And number two, why did God kill them? Why did God have to kill them? Really? It's nothing Peter said. Peter didn't say any magic words. You could say, well, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe they just had a heart attack right there. No, the Bible kind of makes it clear that this is an act of God. So why did God kill them? That seems a little harsh, right? What's the big deal? They didn't do anything wrong, did they, per se? No. See, it wasn't really about the money that they were bringing to give to the church. It wasn't that Peter was mad that hey, you didn't bring all your money. We need all your money. Come on. It wasn't about that. They asked. He asked a simple question. Is this it? And Ananias could have right there said, you know what? I've made a mistake. No, this is not all of it. I've saved some. I kept it back for myself. But here, I'll give it to you now. I've made a mistake. I'm pretty sure that this guy's life would have been spared. But instead, he hides it in his heart. And now we know from Peter's insight through the Holy Spirit, Peter says, how has Satan filled your heart? How has Satan lied to you right now? Satan was trying to do a work. He was trying to corrupt the church, if you will. The church is now being born. And what a coincidence. People are getting saved. Everyone's coming to Jesus. The church is born. Of course, Satan doesn't like this. So Satan says, if I can't do anything without, outside the church, I'm going to start something within. And Satan's name appears first right here in Acts. And Peter says, why does Satan fill your heart that you should lie? And Peter says, basically, you haven't lied to us. You just lied to God. You just lied to God. Look again, verse 2 of the context right here. It says, with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Him and his wife know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. But they think, you know, maybe we can get away with this. This is a lot of money. I'll just keep back for myself. And I'll just tell them, this is it. This is all of it. Now, that's the Holy Spirit working through Peter because Peter was giving full revelation that, hey, Ananias. And he asked him a question. Why has Satan filled your heart like this? Why have you just lied? And Ananias is like, that, that's it. That's, I just told you. That's the money. He says, no, it's not. You have not lied to me. You just lied to God. And instantly we read Ananias drops dead. What a sight. His wife then comes a little later. Three hours later, Luke tells us in Acts. Three hours later, without even knowing what happened. She's probably not even worried about where her husband is. She just comes and says, here's the money. Peter's basically in paraphrasing. Sapphira? Is this all the money? Yeah. This is the full price. Peter's like, uh, look, what you just did, you just lied to me also. Because your husband speaks now from the dead that he is guilty of lying. And because you have done this too, bye-bye. God kills her. She's dead. These guys carrying the, you know, the, the cloths and the robe, the whatever, to bury them, they're just like, what is going on? But look at it again in verse 11. It says, Great fear sees the whole church and all who heard about these events. Yeah, I think so. Great fear would seize you and me too. If we see someone come and just say someone comes and brings offering, puts in the offering bag. And the ushers are like, was this all of it? Yes. And they just die right in their seat. What if, people, what if God just starts popping people? In the, in the main service, they're putting their money in there. They know that they held maybe a little bit back, and God wants a cheerful giver. It's not about the money. It is about the heart. You see people start dying right in front of your seat. It's like the game Mafia. What's going on? Who's killing them? They just instantly start dying. Thank God he does not do that again. But my first question we're going to answer real quick, why did Anastasia think they could get away with lying? The first one is they did not have a holy fear of God. They just didn't. Now, I'm not gonna say they weren't believers. I'm not gonna say they weren't Christians, because they most likely were. They're bringing their money, they're, they're giving to the church, they're a part of the church body, but they did not have a holy fear of God. And because of this, because of this, it cost them their lives. Look, God wants you and I, the Bible tells us, to have that holy fear of Him. It doesn't mean to be really afraid of Him in a sense, but it almost just means a reverence, a respect. Unto our creator. He's our king. He's our loving father. We need to respect that. You and I need to come and approach God with a holy fear that God can do anything. Does not mean he's going to do everything? No. But we need to understand God can do anything he wants. But it's in his loving nature and his character that he's going to handle things. God is a God of just. He's a God of righteousness. He's a God of love. So he's just not going to kill everybody for sinning all the time. Because if he did that, we'd all be dead in this room. If God killed every one of us for either greed, hypocrisy, lying, you name it, we'd all be dead right now. Because of Ananias and Sapphira and their lying, it's revealed that they just did not have a firm foundation in Jesus and they didn't have a holy fear of God. They didn't because they thought, no one's going to know. No one's going to know that we lied. Actually, God knows. And God, through His Holy Spirit, is telling Peter, hey, Peter, I need you to question these people because they're holding something back. It's not about the money. God wasn't interested in the money. It was about their hearts. That they have the money, they give it, and they say, this is it. That's all of it. They did not start with the holy fear of God, and you and I need to have this. We need to underline this. We need to understand this in our minds and in our hearts. You and I, when we're going to approach God, and when we're living the Christian life and we're walking the Christian faith, that you and I need to understand, it is about having a holy fear towards God. Not being afraid, really, like, oh man, God's gonna smoke me if I do this. God's gonna, you know, kill me if I cheat on this test right now. It's not like that. God doesn't say, I want, I don't want you to be afraid of me, but I want you to revere me. I want you to respect me. I want you to worship me, and I want you to trust in me, and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God and have this holy reverence, that holy fear for who God is. Ananias and Sapphira didn't have this. But number two, why did God kill them? That's a big question. Why did God kill them? Why was that necessary? It simply was a warning to the church of God's heart towards greed and hypocrisy, especially within the church. This was a warning. This was a caution. This was, hey, this is what you are not to do. Peter was sending a message through the insightfulness of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of God that these two were lying, saying that they gave it all. God says that's not going to happen in the church. It is God's church. You and I are called the body of Christ. We are called the church, if you will, and it is God's church. And God is saying a warning right now. It is a caution now for the entire church body. If you don't get this right with greed and hypocrisy, you're never going to get it. So you need to get this now. It was a huge message. Great fear seized this whole church where they would never do this again. God had to make a statement. It was his standard. It was his rule. If you are going to love me, I want you to give your all. Look, Ananias and Sapphira didn't have to give anything. That was not God's thing. God was not saying, you didn't give me more money. There you go. Gonna kill you right now. Had nothing to do with the money. Ananias and Sapphira didn't even have to give anything. But it's in the heart saying, "I'm gonna give. I'm gonna keep some back for me though." And I'm just gonna tell it. I'm going tell him it's all of it. Look, God knows the heart. This is a a lesson for all of us that God knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows when we're lying. Peter and John, they could have gotten away with it, and Peter and John could have never have known. But God sends His Holy Spirit. He says to Peter look, I need you to question these people because they've just lied to me. That's what Peter says. He says, you haven't lied to men. You haven't lied to all of us. You've lied to God right now. How uh, challenging would that be for the rest of the church to witness this? And these two people have just died. No doubt, this was a warning. This was a caution of God's own heart to the church that God's not gonna mess around with greed. He's not gonna mess around with hypocrisy. He's not gonna mess around with lying. God was serious about this and he still is. Does that mean God's going to start killing everybody now? No. This was one time, one lesson that needs to still be taught today, though. Can God do anything? Sure he can. Does it mean he's going to do everything? No. He's a loving God who wants us to have a holy reverence and respect for him. In essence, Fire were struggling with being honest, they thought they could get away with it. How often do we think of this as well? And not just with God, but seeing we can get away with stuff with our peers with with other people we start lying to ourselves we start lying to our peers we start lying to our friends we ultimately start lying to god that's why it says in proverbs 12:22 solomon would write this the lord detests lying lips but he delights in men who are truthful that's just a universal term men and women the lord detests lying lips he hates it but he delights in those who are truthful God wants an honest answer. He wants us to be truthful, not just to himself, but to others. Now, I want you guys to ask yourself, how quickly would you examine your own heart if you saw Ananias and Sapphira at that moment drop dead? How quickly would you examine your own heart? There would be fear. There would be disrespect. But put yourselves in these shoes. How quickly would you respond to this? How quickly would you examine and ask your own heart, The Bible says, examine your heart. Allow God to test your heart. How quickly would we respond to this? God detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. We are to be obedient. We are to have a holy fear towards God. We are to be honest with God. Not just to be honest towards God, but be honest with parents, with teachers, with coaches on a sports team, with pastors, with family, with friends, if we are not honest with all these different categories and we're not honest with each other and we're especially not honest with ourselves, how could we ever be honest with God? If you're not honest with the teacher that there was cheating going on and there's lying now, how could we ever be honest to God then? If we're not honest with our parents when our parents ask us questions, godly questions, hey, what are you doing? And we're not honest. How are we going to be honest towards God? God gave Ananias and Sapphira a chance to confess. Because Peter asked him, is this the full price? As soon as he said that, Ananias and Sapphira should have said, no. No, it's not Peter. I've made a mistake. You can have this, but I'm going to get the rest and give it to. I'm just going to give it to the Lord. This is not all of it. No doubt God spares him right there. See, God gives us chances. It wasn't about the money. It was about their hearts for Ananias and Sapphira. Where is your heart now with the Lord? Have you been honest? Have you truly been honest to the Lord? Maybe you haven't been honest to a friend about a certain subject. And God's tugging on your heart. You need to go confess. You need to be honest with each other. Maybe your parents you haven't been honest with. You need to go honest and, and confess anything coaches, peers, friends. We need to be honest. God has set this standard now. God will bless us when we're truthful though. That's the hope. God could have blessed Ananias and Sapphira. None of this would have happened. But when lying, deceit, hypocrisy, greed will creep into the church, God is setting a standard now saying this is not going to happen. But for us today, we need to understand that God is a God of honesty, he's a God of truthfulness, and so should we be. Honest with ourselves, with others, and ultimately with God. Amen? Let this be a lesson for us today to watch our lying lips, to check our hearts, examine ourselves, say, is this what God would like? Even though this may be the painful road, I need to be honest. I need to be honest. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your word, and it is a unique message in Acts chapter 5 with two people who basically lied, Lord, to you and to your church. And Lord, this was a standard that you set for the church now and and forever, that you are a God of, of truth and You are a God of love. You're not a God of of killing, Lord, but you you set the standard. You want this to be an example. This is a, a moment of time where you want to set the church in the right way and put an end to any sin that creeps into the church. But Father, for us personally, I pray that we would just be honest with whoever we need to be honest with. Lord, that you would convict our hearts right now of anything that we've been, we've been dishonest with, that we've maybe been dishonest with a friend or one of our parents or a teacher. But God, ultimately with you, I pray that we would never be dishonest with you. Father, I pray that you would check our hearts right now. You test us. You would challenge us. And you would convict any dishonesty, any, any greed, any hypocrisy, any lying, that is in our hearts. Father, you would remove it. You'd challenge us that we would confess. And from here on now, we would be honest. We would be truthful to ourselves and to others and to you. Lord, go before us now today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Acts, that you were setting the standard for your church. That's why we are here today. We are the church 2,000 years later. You have set the standards, and Lord, we want to abide by them. Because we love you, and we thank you for loving us. Go before us now, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.